Hello, welcome to Sportscast Podcast Episode 3. This week, we're going to talk about some major European action in the football, including the Conference League final, the Champions League, as well as some transfer rumours and managerial changes at the very top of the Premier League. Touch on the final of the French Open, USA Sports with Tom, boxing, golf, and then a look forward to the Formula One and the cricket as we build up to some major sporting events. First of all, we'll start off with the football. There's been a couple of big games over the last week. Wednesday, you've had the Europa Conference League final with West Ham and Fiorentina. West Ham's first European trophy in 44 years, I believe. 47, 48. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which... Did you watch it? Massive. I caught the second half because first half, I played football on the Wednesday. But the second half, yeah, so I, so I saw the well, all the goals, really, because it was all... Sort of after the 60th minute. I thought it was a really tight game, considering. Yeah, I, I thought once Fiorentina equalised, I thought West Ham can't, can't come back from it, to be fair. But Jared Bowen nice stepped up. Yeah. Love a last-minute goal, especially oh, in a final. 100%, yeah. And it yeah. went, in my opinion, it went the right way. Yeah, yeah. Wanted an English club to win it. Granted, you know, it's West Ham and I'm a Tottenham fan and, you know, not meant to like them, but... It's an English club at the end of the day. Then, of course, had the Champions League final yesterday between Man City and Inter Milan. First, I'll be honest, the first 20, 25 minutes was not too great. I think they were just weighing each other out. It I, was... I thought Inter's man-to-man high press was phenomenal for 90 minutes. And I thought it, it really disrupted City. Yeah, I think as well what, what didn't help was De Bruyne going off injured for his sec- second time in a Champions League final for yeah, him. But let's be fair, when you're bringing on Phil Foden, you're not going to worry too much about being without Kieran De Bruyne. Oh, no. But, but you, the, the Inter Milan's high-intensity press, which is what Liverpool have done for a few years, and it hasn't been there this year, which is why I think they've done so poorly. But Inter Milan did that against City, and... No one's been able to do it for 90 minutes against City this season. I think that's why it's caused such, such, it caused such a tighter game than what it needed to be. Yeah, and I think, to be fair, Edison being on top of his game saved that match. Yeah. Well, Lukaku also saved it as well for blocking his own sh- one of his players' own shots on the line. But yeah, Edison... In true, in true Lukaku fashion. 100%. But Edison, some of them saves were just... Unreal. Including the one, yeah. the very last save of the game. Yes, yeah. From the goal. The very last day of the game, yeah. And I've, I, I watched it from a completely different angle. And it was the, the tippiest of toppiest of top bins. Is that the one where it's sort of just behind the goal? That yeah, angle? yeah, yeah. And he punches that away, but that is going... That is going... That's, that's going to hit the roof of the net. That, that's honestly yeah. Yeah. safe. Yeah. Enough. A little bit of transfer managerial news. You've had... Uh... Ange Postacoglu. Yeah. Go to... Yeah, and you think I should have to learn that name. Um... Yeah, I... Happy with the appointment being a Spurs fan? Yes, very, because it's... We've not gone down the route of let's get in the big name, you know, the Jose Mourinho or the Antonio Conte to, that we've done yeah. to, to win something because they're serial winners. Go for a manager that has proven it in every league he's managed in 
granted, you've had, you know, did it in Japan, did it in Australia, he's done it up at Scotland with Celtic. Do you think he can win Spurs some silverware in the next couple of years, given Harry Kane's potential departure at some point? Yeah, and if there's any if there's any time to do it, it's this season with no European football. So you've just got the sole focus on a Carabao and FA. Yeah. I, I, I was a bit surprised. I didn't think... I'm not sure it was the right appointment based on what Levy does, where if he's going to chop and change and I mean, he's given him a quite a long contract for four, five four years, years four but it was only rumoured initially to be two yeah and, and you had like a contailor role in the year so if you're going if you're going to give him that kind of time you give him that time I think you might do something about it but if you're expecting him to you know be in the top four by Christmas and, and everything else you might be in the top four by Christmas have you got the squad to maintain that to the end of the season currently probably not if Kane goes, Ben Davis is on about going. His his scouting network though is is unreal. He's going to bring the young Japanese lad up from from uh, Celtic. Celtic. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and he he will give you a different top man in in what he does. He's not a Harry Kane esque, but he mm. yeah really rated. Do you, yeah. Would, you, would you take um, Declan Rice, George? Do you think he's dead set on United or? I, I think he's going to Arsenal. I think he's going to go to Arsenal. Yeah. Because they the next day said that he's leaving West Ham. Yeah, well, yeah, they've not. Yeah, he's done what he needed to do for West Ham. Um, but with Jorginho potentially leaving Arsenal already, right? I've not seen that one. It's just a light flat replacement. I believe it's Lazio who were looking at him. So that's just a light flight. The price tag, I don't, I don't think warrants it. It's it's English player hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's the same with I mean Mason Mount going to potentially going to Man United. Sixty million. Yeah, he's got one year left on his contract. Yeah, it's not worth that much. Same for James Ward-Prowse as well. They want fifty-two million pounds from Southampton. One or Wolverhampton were favourites. Yeah, but one one again, he's out of contract next year, and two, the way I look at it, he's not a Premier League player anymore, so he doesn't warrant that price tag. No, he's a Championship player. Same with James Madison. You've got both got Newcastle and Tottenham looking at him, but Leicester are wanting forty plus million. Well, why? He's not a Premier League player anymore. You could you could let him have a season in there, and then pick him up for half the price. Yeah. So, but I think he'll he'll go to Newcastle because they can offer him. Last bit everything. of transfer. Last bit of transfer news. Messi to into Miami. Yeah. Have you seen the contract details around that? Yeah, so from what I've read, correct me if I'm wrong here, every club pays for his wages in the sense of, because they know they're going to sell a game out because Messi's going. Apple have got something to do with his wages as yeah, well. So Apple, Apple own the TV rights for all the MLS yeah. and it's something along the lines of he gets a, sh- a, a share yeah. or a cut of yeah. the television rights. But the big one for me is that at the end of his contract, he has the opportunity to buy one of the MLS teams. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which I think if he was to go to Saudi, which one of the Saudi teams did offer him a ridiculous amount of money for... 1.5 billion. The, the the opportunity for sort of, not just financial, but the actual continuity of football like 
yeah. in a way that you can own a football club or you can you can be a major stakeholder in a football club. Well, David Beckham bought into Miami for pretty much next to nothing. It's worth six hundred million dollars now. Good investment. Yeah, very good investment. He uh, sacked former teammate Phil Neville at the beginning of last week as well. Yeah. So have you seen where he's he's actually got a new job? Oh, was he got? I was just about to ask him. Yeah, he's part of the Canadian national team's uh, coaching staff. I think it's such a left turn. If that's the level we're at now, let's move on to tennis. With Novak Djokovic taking his 23rd Grand Slam title on clay, which uh, his opponent Rude knocked Nadal out of this year. Switek taking the women's final. That's her third French Open in four years, so she's clearly having a bit of dominance on the on the clay courts. Going into Wimbledon, Djokovic picking up a major. There's been not really anyone to challenge. What do you think? Be a be a formality. Yeah, you've you've just sort of kind of just answered your own questions. No one to challenge him. We'll go over the uh, over the pond to America, where you've currently got the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup going off at the moment. NBA, you've got the Nuggets three-one up on the Heat in the series, which nobody saw that one coming. Well, you called Heat when we had the yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I thought it was going to be all Miami, but take it on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I, game, game five. It's very rare that you'll see a team then come back from a three-one deficit to take it to game seven and win. Doesn't happen very often. What's been the problem? Just, just no Jimmy Butler, or no, he's been performing. I just think, I just think the Nuggets have just no found pressure. A, no pressure. Yeah, they've just found the sweet spot, and they just know, just know what to do. Probably doesn't help with the Heat's mascot getting knocked out. I'll probably put them off the game. Have you seen? But that? Have you seen that? Not seen that. So Conor McGregor was at the Heat game the other night promoting a pain relief spray and part of the promo was he had to punch the mascot and then like spray him kind of thing. And the initial punch, he had, the mascot had like this hat on and he knocks the hat off, he fall, falls to the floor. And then while he's laying on the floor, Conor McGregor then goes over him and throws another punch. And has then put the mascot in hospital. Wow. Okay, in, in so front in, in couple, front of a stadium. Couple of questions here. So number one, who was sat in a marketing department in a in a nice, comfortable aircon office and said, "I know what we can do. We can get one of the most brutal, dangerous men on the planet to, to absolutely <laughs> knock the the hat, the, the the comical hat off a mascot." Mm. But then also, why did why did he go in for a second punch? I point? think that's got to be pure instinct, isn't it? In the octagon, if he if he's put someone down, your instinct is to go. I'm finishing this guy. But the the guy usually isn't wearing a large bear costume or whatever he's wearing. What what was the costume? It is it's like a bird esque thing. Yeah, because it's Miami Inter. So okay, so Conor McGregor has knocked the cartoon hat off a bird to promote a heat a pain relief. Got it. Understood. Spray. Yeah. Then moving on to the ice hockey. 
You've got the Vegas Knights, who could be crowned champions in their own stadium come Tuesday, our Wednesday. Beat Florida Panthers 3-2 last night. I think, I think that sells it now. Good. Yeah, you'd think so. Going back to your home turf, yeah, you're, you're going to do it. Um, and to be fair, there's, there's something brewing because it just kicked off after the buzzer went yesterday as well. All players have so, a massive so goal. End of the game. Just brutal. Just 18, 20 rounds. Yeah. I think Sky Sports probably forgot to edit that bit out when they were showing the highlights. Yeah, I think so. Um, but good on the Knights, though, to be fair, because a relatively new team. Yeah, only founded in 2017. Yeah. And they've they've done a lot. In They've got a really, really, really good opportunity. Yeah. So, do you think, then, we talk about a new team, but then the new team at the top, when a new team forms in any other sort of sport, British sport, they don't start at the top. You don't have a new team, Doncaster City, star in the Premier League where they can challenge for a title. They kind of, you know, they've started in about the 11th tier. I know they've just signed half of X conference players in a bid to absolutely excel at the divisions, but they, you know, they're not starting. Vegas Knights have started in the top tier of ice hockey. It's a bit different though with American sports because they don't have leagues in theory. Like you, you can't get relegated from no, any any of their to, leagues. To just is it is it an as big as achievement when the reality is from day one they they were already trading with top teams with the top players. So is it is it as big of achievement as say a Luton in eight years going from the conference to the Premier League? Because they have had that. Do you see what I mean? I get where you're coming from, yeah. I mean, start a franchise, any franchise in American sports, they don't get the big names straight off the bat. But they did. They had they had uh, ex-Penguins keeper, Matt, Matt Fleury. Yeah. In sticks and things, who, you know, multiple Stanley Cups with, with Penguins. So they did get some big names to start with. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Do we know Do we know where the money comes from with the Vegas Knights? Is Is there a single owner? Is it like a franchise thing? Because obviously Luton Town or Doncaster City or whoever, they couldn't just buy Messi, Ronaldo. They couldn't just buy world-class players and then instantly challenge for the Champions League final. They've got to, similar to like the ice hockey, They've got ridiculous play money and ridiculous players, and therefore they can buy these players to immediately compete. They're owned by Black Knight, which is a sport and entertainment uh, business consort consortium. So it's kind of top top people, top businesses that own, you know that are fully. Yeah. So inv it straight away invest invest a couple of billion dollars in building a huge, great big. I think it's the O2 Stadium or, or the T-Mobile Stadium. Stadium. Stadium, that's the one. T-Mobile Stadium, this huge, beautiful new stadium in, in, in just off the Las Vegas Boulevard and then buy a shed load of really good players uh, and then challenge for a Stanley Cup in seven years. Well, a little bit Six of, years. A little bit of uh, knowledge there. That, to be fair, I've just read it, it's quite cool. Uh, the guy who owns that um, company, Bill Foley, is one of the American consortiums who paid a bunch of money for Bournemouth as well. So he's a part of a group born off in the Premier League. There's some talks cool. of Leeds United as well selling to San Francisco 49ers owners. Went through. Has it gone through? Thursday. Wednesday so or Thursday, one of the two went you're through. You're now seeing a massive 
American-British partnership between owners of football teams, ice hockey teams that own... I, I was discussing this with somebody the other day about American ownership in football. Do you think it works? Historically, has it worked, especially in the Premier League? Yeah, I think, I think you've, got, you've got Fulham, Liverpool... United. Man United, who, for, for all that's going on with Man United, it's not been a negative thing having the Glazers coming in and doing what they've done. They just don't like where they're sort of what they've done financially for the for the club at the minute. But I think I think but you know, you look at Bournemouth now, yes they've you know, they've not sort of got to where they were, but they're a, probably a more established team and things and I think Leeds are a big club for what they are and you know, they're in the championship again next year. So having that American money hopefully stabilises them a little bit, keeps hold of some of the players, maybe bringing some more players that can get them back up and keep them there. I think we've got to just... The American owners, and I think uh, Ryan Reynolds and, and the other guy... Oh, never yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel quite bad for Rob, but there you go, because nobody ever remembers him. <laughs> um, they, they've done really well in they've kept the... English game and all the traditions and all the, and the well English it's Welsh but yeah uh, the, the 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 British game alive and and what I would not want to see is this American money coming in and the Saudi influence and 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 money coming in from all over the world and it, what it's actually doing is changing the foundations of the game and actually making it more hyped kind of similar to what the big media company the name slips me for now when they bought formula one it just became sort of instantly a lot more hyped i'd like to see it retain its core values and foundations so a bit of what you said there and we'll talk about it now with the saudi influence with live golf merging with pga huge news and out of nowhere there was no rumors building up to it just you know announcement we've merged and there's still a lot of things to sort out in terms of what format the game's going to be played it played at. How you know is it going to be the three days? Is it going to be you know everyone no cup. There's, there's no talks of how that's going to happen. But you've got an awful lot of golfers got extremely rich for a year yeah. that are now part of the PGA, and you've got some golfers that try to stay true to their values, but are effectively going to be doing the the Saudi thing now because they are they they have now got a bigger foothold across more now major sports. Yeah. Did sound like a really underhanded deal, but some of the, well, most, if not all, of the pros on both sides had absolutely no idea this was happening. Um, and it, like you say, it came out of the blue, and the PGA guys have a right, in my opinion, to, to be. To, to decline. Be pissed, yeah. yeah, 100%. It was just the way. It just got announced. Just, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I feel for Rory going in, it was the Canadian Open. This week he's second on the leaderboard again, two off, two off top. He's going to throw that one away again. Yeah, he's he's with Fleetwood, he's with Rose up there. Hopefully, hopefully one of those guys. I'd love to see Tommy Fleetwood get some, but I love Justin Rose as a person as well. Justin Rose winning uh, the U.S. Open a few years, well, quite a few years ago now, on Father's Day, the year on from his father passing. Mm. We've got the U.S. Open coming up at Pebble Beach. You haven't got some big names in Tiger Woods, Graham McDowell, Westwood, Webb Simpson, you know, the pre some of the previous winners, but you've got Matt Fitzpatrick of Sheffield, local lad, mm. reigning champion. 
he's, 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 he's done all right in the, in the last 12 months and hopefully he can push on. I think he's got a few more majors in him as well. You've got, obviously, Scotty, Colin, Marikawa, Spieth always comes good around then. Favourites, obviously, Scotty, John Ram, Brooks is up there, Rory. So I read a thing as well this week. Someone in America has this system of working out who's favourite for tournaments. And it's based on, like, a previous nine, where they lie. It's a bit like this octopus in the World Cup a few years ago where it predicts. <laughs> but it's like a solid thing and it's got seven of the last nine majors correct. And for this one, it's got Patrick Cantley as the winner. So, really? And in form, could, could easily come through. Why not? And then Victor Hovland, who we've discussed on here before, won the Memorial Day after a playoff last week, going into a major again. What's to say he can't come? Come good. It's worth an each way. A little bit of boxing. Sonny Edwards picked up a points win last night. A lot of hype around him. He after after the fight, he came out and said that he aimed to win nine rounds and let his opponent because he travelled from afar, him and his fans let him let him win a few rounds. And a little bit arrogant, but based on what everyone's saying, I think from a skill set wise, he could probably afford to do that. And at their weights, you're not really got to worry about knockout power or getting caught. So, sort of that sort of skill set, he's definitely one to watch. Josh Taylor lost to Lopez on points. Two judges had it 115, 113. Another had it 117, 111. I think for me. Josh Taylor been out of the ring for 15 months since the um, situation last year where he, Jack Catterall, where he effectively got smashed for 12 rounds and still picked up a, a victory slash draw. It was a very... I, I saw him get absolutely rocked towards the end of the fight as well was, yesterday. Yeah, the last couple of rounds he got rocked. He got head snapped back in the 12th as yeah. well. He, he, I don't think there was any... There'll be any arguments for... I've I've seen his interview that he had in the ring afterwards and he pretty much put his hands up and they were like, yeah, better guy won. Yeah, I, I was more surprised two judges had it as close as 115, 113. I thought the 117, 111 was probably the fairest of, of all, all the cards. Yeah. Going into this week, quite a good little week. Coming ahead with Fraser Clark fighting at the weekend. I look forward to that. Looking forward to the Canadian Grand Prix. So this is the first weekend where we've not had a Formula One race to talk about live. It's uh, Next weekend, we're going to have a week's break. Despite the air quality concerns from the wildfires that are making news around the world, there will still be a Canadian Grand Prix up to now. Uh, the fires are in Quebec, which is a fair distance away, um, but the smoke is currently not drifting anywhere of concern. So up to now... I think from what I've seen, the smoke's going south, which is why America's getting... Yeah, New York. Is that yeah. why New York turned orange? Yeah. New York did turn orange. The, that was track, the track's north of where it's happening, so it's ah, become yeah. a, a problem. Yeah. Uh, the circuit has 14 corners, two DRS zones, measures 4.3 kilometres in length, which makes the race 70 laps. There's no other real major news out of Formula 1 other than a really, really strong performance 
from Mercedes last week as their upgrades deliver instantaneous results they were after. Do you think they can challenge Red Bull this coming weekend? Canada's got a massive soft spot for me. Lewis Hamilton's maiden victory to 2007. I, it's one of my favourite tracks. I think Lewis always comes good there. You can't look beyond a Red Bull. But there's been 417 laps this season so far. Yep. You say there's another 70 laps there. Yep. How many laps do you think Red Bull have led out of that 417? So, where where Verstappen hasn't been dominant, Perez has, which is testament to Perez, to be fair. I think my prediction would probably be in the high 300s, maybe 377. 401. I was actually going to say, I was going to take a stab in the dark, it's not really a sport I watch massively. You two obviously talk about Red Bull. I was genuinely going to say about 410. I was going to say, I reckon only, they just dominated the whole thing. 16 laps have been led by a non And do you know when that probably is? That is probably when the leader or both have come in for a pit stop and they're just waiting for the strategy to pay off. Yeah. On motorsport, today is in the conclusion of the Tour Le Mans. Le Mans mm. With Ferrari taking the hypercar victory with former F1 driver Antonio Giovinazzi as one of the three drivers. So you tend to see quite a few former F1 drivers in it. You've had Paul Resta in it, Jack Aikiden, the former Williams driver who stuck to his Williams traditions and he crashed on the first lap uh, last night. So yeah, I think um, it was the 100th Le Mans series. So for a Ferrari, such an iconic name mm. to win was, was quite nice. The race will take place at a much more UK-friendly time of 7pm next week, next Sunday. So we aim to bring you all the highlights of free practice and qualifying on next week's podcast with a special roundup the week after. Finishing up with cricket this week, building up. To the Ashes, the Aussies have played India in the final of the World Test Championship, which they've won today, quite convincingly as well. But it's not all hunky-dory for them. They've had a few fielding issues, quite a lot of drop catches, which hopefully plays into England's favours as of the Ashes. There was one catch from Green, which was absolutely phenomenal. I don't know if anyone's seen it but it went to review and it was given out. It definitely got grounded. You've got Moeen coming out of retirement for England, which I think is a bit of an odd one. I think it would be nice to have seen Surrey's Will Jack or um, Rehan Ahmed come, come through. I think he's 35, he's had a few ashes, let's bring some of the youth through. But I, I, I just can't see beyond the Aussie ashes again. Really? Yeah, I, I just think they've got too much strength in, in, in the bowling. Stuart Broad's had a nice time, but he's, he's aging. Mm -hmm. if, you can keep, if the Aussies bowlers are finding the right lengths like they have been, especially in these last think, couple of days against India, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do, I do think it's, it's unfortunately going to be with them for a while. England just aren't quite the team that they have been in the last sort of 10 years. 
I think they've lacked a little bit of depth, mm. hence having to bring someone out of retirement as a spin bowler. That's everything for episode three. Thanks for joining us. As usual, like, subscribe and download the episode. You can get us on social media at SportscastPodUK. Interact with us there. Any questions, any topics that you'd particularly like us to talk about, anything, any sport that we're not really covering, we're trying to get as much in as we can. I've been Liam. I've been Jordan. And I've been Tom. Tune in next week.